Why people defend frauds? The answers might surprise you. Self-defense, self-awareness, self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of philelmore.com and themartialist.net. I am the aforementioned Phil Elmore, your host. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. I had a, a really remarkable, uh, nostalgic forum experience recently. Uh, you probably think of internet forums as uh, things that have gone by the wayside. And if you are discussing martial arts or self-defense on <clears throat> online at all, you are probably doing it on social media like Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or you know any of a thousand places that you've probably been banned or suspended from because modern social media is a censorious pit of leftist authoritarianism. <laughs> oh, how far we've fallen. But we migrated there to social media from internet discussion forums, from boards, from bulletin boards. Uh, you know, back in the day, everyone had their own PHP BB forum. There was another popular piece of software, the name of which escapes me, that was used at like Blade forums and a couple of the other really big forums. There were services. Um, I think Yuku was one of them. Um, I've forgotten now, but there were services where anybody could sign up for a free message board and there were ads, but you know, you could set it up and control it. And everybody and their uncle had their own discussion forum. And that's how we did online interaction. And it was pretty freewheeling. I mean, if you owned the forum, you could pretty much say whatever you wanted, with the exception of like, if you use one of the services, there was a a controlling authority to which you could go if let's say somebody posted a death threat you could report that and then the forum would sometimes just get yanked down completely that happened to Ashita Kim's forum a couple of times uh, Ashita Kim being a famous 1980s ninja fraud who used to avail himself of those services um, there are still internet discussion forums forums that get immense levels of traffic that you're probably largely unaware of and you've probably heard of boards like 4chan and and their political board and, and things like that those make the news from time to time uh, reddit is another really influential community that's very reminiscent of you know, like usenet and the old forums and the way things used to work the difference being that reddit is extremely heavily moderated by people who are very biased so your chances of getting a fair shake at reddit very they're less than zero they are a negative number um but there is a mixed martial arts forum it's mixedmartialartsforums.com uh, and they have a couple of different discussion boards there and uh one of those gets a lot of i mean probably both of them but the one that i've seen gets a lot of traffic um, so much so that like you can you can watch a thread happen in real time. You can just sit there for an hour and watch the posts just stack up, um, which is a lot of traffic compared to what I was used to back in the days when I used to traffic in forums. So it was at this forum where Ron Collins created a thread that he made sure I knew about the other day. He made sure to message me on Facebook to let me know that it's there. Specifically, Mr. Collins, who you may recall from the last podcast, this is a guy who's been a fixture of the martial arts community since the late 1990s, uh, popping up at various discussion forums to talk about his fake ninja style and his uh, unverifiable background. And Ron would get run out of a forum and then move on to the next one. And somewhere in there, he had a lot of legal problems. He was in and out of jail for a variety of reasons, culminating in him going to prison, federal prison on firearms charges. He lied on the federal form that says 
asks the question, have you ever been in a mental institution? Have you ever been committed to a mental institution? Yes, he has. He wrote no. He was arrested and convicted. He assaulted his lawyer at, in some capacity, so the sentence was enhanced. He got 60 months, the amount of time it took me to pay off a Toyota Corolla in prison, uh, got out recently, then went back in after breaking the rules of the halfway house he was in, then got out again, um, and recently started a new YouTube channel and uh, posted at this mixed martial arts forum and has been posting just hundreds, it must be literally hundreds of pages of fuzzy court documents that look like they were photographed with an actual loaf of bread. Um, you know, the old joke is, is that camera a potato? This is worse. This is a level of resolution below potato. Among those many documents, he has apparently unearthed the fact that I somehow lied about putting him in prison because while I've never said I didn't, I did question the fact that Ron thinks a vast conspiracy at every level of state, local, and federal government and law enforcement is trying to stop him from being successful in life. I did question the veracity of that assertion. Um, so this was a big gotcha moment for Ron. See, see, Elmore wrote letters to people because I bought a gun. <laughs> and imagine that you're the sort of person who thinks that Ron, clearly mentally unstable, should be left to his own devices when he purchases a firearm. There are people on that mixed martial arts forum who reacted to this news by saying, Elmore's a snitch! I'm like, so your argument is that this person who has been committed to a mental institution, who is a prohibited person, who is not supposed to be able to f purchase a firearm and who had to lie on the form to do it, your argument is that this person should have been left to own that firearm? I, spoiler alert, we would be talking about Ron in prison for murder if that had happened, because the whole point is this is somebody who should not have been loose on the world with an actual firearm. Uh, it, it astonishes me. The, the thread that Ron started turned into a bunch of people yelling at me, me personally. <laughs> Because 20 years ago, the people at Bullshido didn't like me. Um, Bullshido, if you don't know, is another internet forum back from the days of forums. It's owned by a four-foot-tall man named Neil Fletcher, who really hates my guts, has never forgiven me for saying that I thought his forum was a good concept with very poor execution. I said it was a waste of time the way it was being run because it was populated by people who didn't know what they were talking about and still don't know what they're talking about. You know, the folks at Bushido occasionally stumble onto an actual fraud and, and roast them, but more often than not, it's just anyone they don't like and they dislike most people. And the forum's always been that way. It's always been a bunch of people who don't have the first friggin' clue what they're talking about. Um, and you get that a lot in the martial arts world. There are a whole bunch of people out there who are mixed martial artists or just martial artists or, or fanboys or spectators who don't know the first thing about realistic self-defense, just don't understand it, don't grasp it. And boy, that was on display in this discussion thread, the, the thread that inspired this podcast, because really what it came down to was a whole bunch of people more interested in yelling at me than in actually examining the fact that Ron is clearly a crazy person who has a lot of legal baggage, who thinks that if he posts enough of these fuzzy documents online, that somehow he'll be able to overturn his felony conviction.
Right now, he has filed a motion to overturn his conviction that he filed, you know, four years after going into federal prison. Um, that motion has been ruled on by a magistrate court that has said no. And eventually a judge in this case will rule on this and go no. And then maybe Ron will appeal. I don't know how these things work, but maybe it's possible for him to appeal. And whoever he appeals to will go no. And Ron will stay a felon because he broke the law and that's how these things work. But in the meantime, there are all these people at this mixed martial arts discussion board who are not interested in the slightest bit in the many crimes that Ron has committed or in the crazy line of logic that he's spewing now. It's all about the fact that they don't like me. And I was really, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Like you would think I've seen enough in the last couple of decades that this wouldn't surprise me, but it still does. It, the, the capacity for people to sort of knee-jerk defend a fraud, it still amazes me. Because every single fraud that you can think of, people, some of whom were so bad that they've killed themselves, there are people out there who think they're victims. There was a guy named Dan Harmon who was a very famous martial arts fraud who made up his teacher and made up his ranks and, and got roasted quite a bit in a, in a Facebook group and stuff back when, you know, during the time period where this happened. It was a few years ago. And Harmon was apparently a domestic abuser or something. And I, I don't remember the exact details, but the hammer was coming down. Like, he, he was in trouble, and he just killed himself. And there are people to this day who claim that Dan Harmon was somehow cyberbullied into hanging himself, when in fact he was just a really bad person. You know, and in the case of Ron Collins, I've had people go, you're clearly obsessed with this person. I'm like, no, this is somebody who has threatened me, threatened my friends, threatened to murder my friends' families, threatened to burn down their homes, threatened to murder them in front of their children, threatened to murder their children by burning down their homes with their children inside, etc., etc. These are people, you know, in the case of uh, Ron Collins, this is somebody with a rap sheet as long as your arm. He's been arrested for stalking, assault, malicious wounding, uh, terroristic threats, um, even the worst kind of pornography that it is possible to have on your computer. In many cases, he was able to somehow beat these charges, like there wasn't enough evidence, or law enforcement was incompetent, or witnesses weren't compelling. And to hear him tell it, it's part of this vast conspiracy that you can find enough Ron Collins mugshots online to fill out an entire, you know, free sub punch card. It's just coincidence. It's just a conspiracy. It's all these people out to get him. It's not that he's the common denominator in his problems, and he keeps doing things to get arrested, and occasionally those arrests uh, bear fruit, and he ends up being convicted. He has been convicted more than once of various crimes. One of them is contributing to the delinquency of a minor. And then there's the big one, the, the felony conviction for firearms charges. Uh, he lied on the form. Then he possessed the gun. Those are two separate felonies. And then he assaulted his own lawyer in some way. We don't know in what way. I, I don't understand why anyone would look at that and go, this guy seems like he needs defending. Or they'll pay lip service to the fact that he's nuts, but then continue to be mad at me for pointing out that Ron is a bad person. And actually, my participation in that thread was mostly just to uh, 
review what has happened, not even, you know, to, to take it any farther than that. And then that was enough, you know, how dare you, you're a fraud and you're this and you're that. And 20 years ago, people left bad reviews for one of your first books and blah, blah, blah. It's amazing to me that you've got these people who are so convinced. And for the most part, the personality types you're dealing with are people whose entire identity is is compacted into this little package uh, that is, I am this forum person. And I remember what that was like, because back before I did anything in my career, back before I started using my real name, I was that guy. I, I participated in a political forum at uh, <clears throat> Blade Forums and, you know, under a pseudonym. And that's all I did with my free internet time. And I was really good at arguing with people. And I was really proud of that fact. Uh, and that's what these people are. These are people who They've done nothing. They are nothing. In most cases, while they are mixed martial arts fanboys, most of them do not uh, meet the the ideal that they're shooting for. You know, they, they have this standard that you have to meet before you can earn their respect as a martial arts guy. But none of them meet it, or very few of them. Some of them do. I mean, some of them are, are legitimately like amateur fighters and, and uh, mixed martial arts guys. But most of them, no. Most of them are just internet dwellers who think that because they've posted on this forum more than other people that that makes them some kind of tough guy i had one guy actually threaten me and be like I, I have no problem how did he put it um let me let me look it up actually because it's too hilarious not to read out loud and i want to get the exact the exact uh, verbiage right let me see uh, you want to talk about delusions, but let me assure you, I would have zero problem packing out an ancient, obese, fake black belt. Yeah, okay. Like, just the the point at which you are making uh, threats on the internet because you think you're going to win an argument by threatening to beat somebody up, that's already sad. But when you're doing it to defend someone like you know, a Ron Collins or some other martial arts fraud. And, and this, is, this is not just about Ron. This, I've seen this phenomenon before, this idea that people kind of have a knee-jerk, contrary reaction to whenever someone who's a legitimately bad dude, whenever they see that person criticized, we have this weird impulse to try and rise to their defense. I think it's normal. Uh, I think built into all of us is kind of a weird, contrary impulse. So part of it may be that, but uh, I think I think this is worth delving into. This experience kind of inspired this podcast, and it's worth delving into why people defend obvious frauds. Ob and, and those frauds could be criminals, or they could just be people who are lying about stuff, you know, like the Frank Dukes of the world who make up yards and yards of stories about their lives that are clearly not true. Um, so let's, let's dive into that and uh, take a deeper look at it. Okay, uh, number one, there's going to be, uh, I think I've got five or six items here in my notes. Um, the first reason people might defend frauds is just to troll. Just, you know, those some men want to see the world burn, as, as Michael Caine said. I'm not even going to try and do a Michael Caine impression. Um, you know, there, there are people, and this is a phenomenon I see a lot, uh, especially now among younger people. There's a real problem with the younger, the youngest generations of, of, of people alive now. Because they're not aware of anything that's gone before them, they think they invented it all. 
Like all of these Gen Zers who think they've invented the concept of quiet quitting. I'm like, yeah, because nobody ever just did the bare minimum at their job before. You've clearly invented a new social trend that it's worthy of multiple think pieces in the news. But, but some people will defend a fraud just because it's fun. It's fun to get people going. It's fun to troll. It's fun to create chaos. And then the second reason might be the most obvious one, which is investment. People will defend obvious frauds because they're invested in their system or in their hero worship of that individual. So like with, uh, with like a Frank Dukes, this is a guy who has people who have trained under him, who have been given ranks by him, who are clearly invested in protecting him when he is criticized because protecting him protects their investment, protects the time and the ego involvement they have in supporting this individual. So you'll see this uh, with, with any, uh, any teacher that you've had. You know, like you'll, you'll feel inclined to defend that teacher. I'm going to come back to this, too, because there's an important, uh, important link, an important connected concept here. But when, when we have a reason to want to defend someone because we like them, or you know, a little bit of hero worship maybe, if it's, let's say it's an actor and a martial artist that you're really into, you might be inclined to defend them even though maybe they're not exactly the best person in the world. <coughs> Steven Seagal. So, <laughs> there, no, I made myself cough for real. Um, that investment can play out as defending a fraud. So that's another very obvious reason why somebody might defend an individual who is clearly making stuff up. Um, then we come to, and here's a, here's a great reason, and this one was very obvious in the martial arts forum thread that I was telling you about, the mixed martial arts forum, um, and that's a lack of knowledge. People who don't understand reality, people who don't understand self-defense, or who only have one model from which to see the world, will defend frauds because they don't know any better. They actually think they're right. Um, they'll like if they if they look at me and they say, "Well, he's wrong about stuff," and he's criticizing another guy. The other guy, this enemy of my enemy, I must defend that other guy or de facto defend him because first guy, meaning me, Phil Elmore, is wrong about stuff. So I actually had one guy, he shared a, a brief knife video that I did, um, and it was clear that he didn't understand the concept. And he's like, oh, he almost lost a finger a couple times. I'm like, well, first of all, they grow back. Second of all, no. <laughs> and it's painful whenever people who don't understand knives and who've spent no time studying weapons, it's painful when they try to opine about what they think knife fighting is. Oh, it's so simple, you just stick the other guy. Well, yes, but there's a little more to it than that. You've you've got the broad strokes down. But you know, these are people who don't understand the mechanics of what they're talking about. Another guy was like, Yo, your your flashlight fighting book is gonna get people killed. I'm like, Really? Where are these legions of the dead lying in the streets, clutching their flashlights, cursing my name with their last breath, going, Damn you, Elmore! If only we hadn't listened to you. Like, no, the, the, it, this is somebody who's never read the book, of course, but flashlight fighting is nothing but Yawara techniques uh, applied to flashlights. It, it was really a, a triumph of packaging. Nobody had done a book up to that point that was about small flashlights for self-defense. So all I did was take Yawara techniques, which are, you know, a simple, uh, a simple dowel or, or an object like this. Uh, let me see if I can get that on the camera because it's mirrored. Um, you know, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you're, you don't see what I'm holding. I'm holding up basically a yawara, a kubaton, a, a kapo stick, whatever you want to call it. And so there are people who don't understand how these work. And so they're like, oh, that's going to get people killed. Like, 
No, it's really not. It's just a URA stick. The techniques are not remarkable. The book was just packaging. And then everybody goes to, to Street Sword and say, you're, you're advocating LARPing with a sword. And that, of course, is not true. That was, I've told the story before in various interviews. Paladin Press never understood the product I was trying to sell. So they tried to make it Street Sword. And that was like the least objectionable title that they told me I could use. I, um, I wish that I had kept the list of titles that I was given to choose from that they would deem acceptable. Somebody asked me, oh, what else was on the list? I'm like, I wish I had kept it. Uh, Street Sword was a terrible title. It's not what I wanted to call the book. My book was just about how to use a sword. Like, here are the basics of using a sword if you'd like to know how, because it's a pretty simple concept. You know, something as simple as which way your leg goes when you're doing a slash from right to left on a diagonal, things like that. And it was never meant as like a dueling manual. It explicitly says otherwise. Um, it was just, hey, if you have two feet of sharpened steel, here's how you might use it. And uh, I'm thinking of actually doing a modern version of like a redo of that book like that, that deals with machetes, like, like something like that. But regardless of whether I ever get around to that, you know, there are people who are like, oh, you, you advocate LARPing with it. No, actually, never, never actually did. Never actually happened. Um, it's amazing to me how often people try to tell me what I've done or said or thought that never happened. Um, and in a lot of cases, it's because people will do a little Google foo and think they're Columbo and, and go, oh, see, I've discovered the secret. 20 years ago, these people who didn't know what they were talking about said mean things about you. Therefore, I've got you now, Elmore. And it was always ridiculous. But, you know, when you're dealing with people who are not exactly a brain trust to start with, then what you get are these repeated attempts at gotcha moments that mean nothing. And, you know, like, like uh, I, I mentioned that I've been working in this industry and making a living off of it for the last couple of decades. And uh, one guy was like, oh, these reviews from this book 20 years ago would seem to say otherwise. I'm like, yeah. The thing about operating off a playbook that's a couple of decades old is that things happen in between. There's a reason that I haven't been putting out a steady stream of books with my name on them. Occasionally, I managed to put one out that has my name on it. But for the most part, for the last 20 years, I've been working behind the scenes and I've been well paid for it. Um, I, at the height of my internet marketing, I was writing emails to 300,000 people a day across three different email lists. That's the number of people I was reaching with my writing on the self-defense topic, on, on the subject. Self-defense, survival, that whole niche. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't compute to these people when they demand that you prove yourself to them and you go, I don't need to. Because I just don't. And I understand when you're the type of small, cowardly person who thinks that these types of arguments prove anything, I can understand how it flummoxes them when, when they're like, why, why aren't you affected? Like, I was going to read these threads and go, well, guess I better climb into the linen closet and David Carradine myself. I had a good run, but it's all over with now. No. What did you think would happen? That I was going to read some mean comments and suddenly be discouraged? I've been insulted by the best and you're not it. But it, it circles back around to this idea of defending frauds. Because remember, this is all happening in the context of shielding, in this case, Ron Collins. But it's happened with other people and in other discussions with people that didn't involve me in any way. Um, this is all happening in the context of shielding a bad person because you're more angry at the person you perceive as a critic. 
And so a lack of knowledge, a complete ignorance of like the realism of self-defense, that is a big one when it comes to why people defend frauds, because they just don't know. They just don't understand. Okay, this, I mentioned I was going to loop around back to this. This is connected to the idea of investment. People sometimes defend frauds because they want to believe their teacher is infallible. Uh, I think it was the summer before this past summer. It was, it was during that weird window uh, during the COVID pandemic where the pandemic happened, then the vaccines came out, then a bunch of us got the stupid vaccine, and then we thought we were indestructible, so people started to go to public events again. And then that quickly unhappened because of whatever variant that came along. But there was a, there was a period of time in that summer where it, we thought it was okay to go to public events again. And during that window, I went to a seminar because my teacher was up from Florida um, where he retired and he, he came up here to, to do some classes and spend some time in, in the area with family. So I went to that seminar, did the whole seminar, it was good. Get done and a guy comes up to me, we'll call him Francis. That's not his real name, I'm protecting his identity. Francis came up to me, shook my hand, told me that he was a fan of my work, uh, that he'd heard of my stuff, was super nice. I had no reason not to think this wasn't a completely pleasant, happy interaction. And then went about his business. After that, a friend of mine, I forget if we were talking about this, or I don't remember how it came up, but a friend of mine sent me a link to Francis's YouTube channel and to his website. And what I saw there astonished me. Because Francis claims multiple, like, umpty ump dan like 10th dan this and 8th dan that multiple high level black belts in like seven or eight systems and in a couple of those systems i'm like i know the teacher is involved and i'm shocked they would promote you to this level and i'm not saying he i don't think he was lying about those promotions i think he legitimately had those promotions had gone through the motions to get them but my shock at believing these teachers to be better than that to leaving these teachers to be people who wouldn't promote someone with that obvious lack of skill made me not want to believe it because what i was seeing was a guy who had no idea what he was doing a guy with absolutely no skill and, and i mean just baseline nothing like like a, a white belt and then some like i was amazed at how bad he was like i hadn't seen this guy in the seminar do anything i hadn't worked with him i only encountered him afterwards because you know how it is in seminars you tend to depending on the mechanics of the seminar sometimes you stay in one area of the room and it was a very crowded room so i was kind of in one area near the door with the people that that i was working with and then there was a bunch of other people who stayed in their parts of the room and we didn't really circulate that much um so i didn't encounter him for the whole seminar and i didn't see this obvious lack of skill and then when I saw all these incredibly high-ranking Dan belts that he claims to have I was appalled and I, I was so disgusted I just unfriended him he had friended me on Facebook and stuff I just unfriended him um, and I didn't know like I, I didn't know how to address it to the teachers who had promoted him the ones that I know because I'm like I I don't know why they would do that <laughs> and it, it kind of drives home the fact that Teachers are not infallible. Sometimes they make decisions that you don't agree with. I don't think this guy should have been promoted, and yet he was. Um, he just wasn't good. And, you know, I say this as somebody who's, who's not the greatest martial artist in the world, and, you know, I'm slow, I'm fat, I'm old. But 
at least I can be objective about these things. And man, this guy did not earn, you know, six different eighth level multi-Dan belts. It's just not possible. He may have them. They may even have been legitimately granted, but there's no way he earned them, if you follow me. So <clears throat> that's another reason why people might defend frauds, because they don't want to believe that their teacher would make a mistake like that. So someone might look at Francis and go, well, my, my teacher who promoted him would not have done that in error, so you just must be not understanding, or you're not being charitable enough, or you're just a great big meanie head. That's the level of discourse you get over at that mixed martial arts forum. You great big meanie head. We'll throw in some N-bombs and some other racial epithets and feel really cool and tough about ourselves. And and then uh, you've sort of coupled to that, you've got the enemy of my enemy syndrome that I talked about before. Like um, these, you know, people were so angry at me for existing that they're willing to shield Ron with their puny bodies because in order to criticize me, that's the most effective way, the most expedient way. Like, this is Ron's thread about Ron's weird legal issues. But there's Elmore. Go get him. So, you know, enemy of my enemy. I become the mutual enemy. And Ron's even like, huh, we got him. We caught him lying, which he didn't, actually. Um, I Weirdly, I don't have to lie about anything. I can just use the truth to make the points that I want to make. Um, and then, finally, we come to the last reason that people might defend frauds an inferiority complex. And this I do encounter a lot on a personal basis because I am unimpressive. And you're like, what, are you, what are the hell are you talking about, Phil? I am fat, I am slow, I am old. And yet I have accomplished a great deal in a field that is dominated by people of athletic ability. And that's purely through persistence. Uh, a friend of mine who... <laughs> I look like an actual Ninja Turtle standing next to him. I've shown the, a picture that I took of us together uh, out at some restaurant when we visited one time for the Blade Show. Um, my friend Aaron is, every woman who's ever seen his picture, they all do the same thing. They all go, oh. <laughs> and Aaron has like a 12-pack, you know, he's, he's incredibly fit. He does uh, boxing, like the actual boxing matches uh, like down in Mexico and stuff for fun. Like the, the guy is a true man of adventure. Physically, it doesn't get any more opposite. And Aaron is a wonderful human being. And he said to me once, do you get a lot of grief for, for being, like how often do you get grief for being fat and out of shape and doing martial arts stuff? And I said, yeah, it happens a lot. Um, and I don't worry about it because I've never let it stop me because I'm of the belief that almost nobody meets this ideal, this grand athletic ideal. And I'm not saying don't try. I'm not saying don't become more fit if you are so inclined to do so. Um, so inclined to do so. I feel like there's an extra so in there. But the fact is, we're all working with what we've got, and you need to defend yourself now. So it's kind of like when you're driving down the highway, and you have a headlight out, and somebody flashes their lights at you. And you're like, what do you want me to do? Climb out and fix it right now? So when, when someone's like, well, you're fat, I'm like, what would you like me to do about that in the next 20 minutes? If somebody tries to mug me, I still have to be able to defend myself. And that's true for everybody. Everybody's got to be able to defend themselves. Self-defense is for everybody, and you're working with what you have. So when step one is become a mixed martial arts guy, I'm sorry, it's not going to help most people. It'll help a few people who have that ability. But for the rest of us, we're going to have to take a different path. And I'm sorry that that makes you feel self-conscious. And that's what it comes down to. These are people who, by and large, have not accomplished anything. They have in their minds this ideal, this goal, that for the most part they don't meet. Some of them do, but most of them don't. 
uh, and they look at me and how dare I have opinions and assert those opinions and be publishing work in this field how dare I exist in this industry because since they consider themselves so much better than me and yet I have accomplished more than they have then that inferiority complex kicks in and they get really upset uh, when I published my very first book on self-defense which looking back was not a particularly good one but it was my first one um, a friend of mine actually said well gosh I wouldn't have published a book the implication was I know more than you I consider myself higher than you yet you have published a book and I have not and now there's cognitive dissonance now I feel bad about myself um, and you get this a lot these people who have this inferiority complex so much so that they have to start making threats on the internet because that's how sad and pitiful and cowardly they are how dare you exist how dare you accomplish more than I have I am now very very angry at you I'm like okay and then they start making demands that you prove themselves to them and they don't understand when you're like I, I don't need to it doesn't matter to me and it's it's adorable that you think your opinion matters because it doesn't you know at the end of the day most of these people's opinions don't matter and I think globally our opinions don't matter all that much we all like to think we matter we all like to think we're important but when you find yourself defending an obvious fraud out of anger because somebody else that you consider yourself superior to has done more than you have and you don't like it that's a you problem not a them problem and I think uh, a lot of these a lot of these issues could be resolved if people would deal with their you problems and not the them problems that everybody else supposedly has all right, I think this is dragged on long enough. That's going to do it for this edition of the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. I have been your host, the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Until next time, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Elmore.